Hey there, Olivia here. So this month we are doing a look back series of some of the best of the best episodes, both the fan favorites and our own personal picks to help you start this new year off on the right foot. So in this final episode of the series, we are bringing back scheduling strategies to do it all without losing your mind. And this is the absolute fan favorite episode from the past two years of the entire podcast. So in this episode, we go behind the scenes and talk about our own personal strategies for balancing our multiple priorities, including tackling the seemingly never-ending to-do list while running our businesses and balancing the urgent and immediate tasks of raising a family. Enjoy. Welcome to Marketing Like a Mother, a podcast made for mumpreneurs by mumpreneurs. Each week, we're diving into mum-approved business and marketing strategies to help you grow a profitable and family-friendly business. Today, I'm your co-host, Michelle Poulvert. And I'm your co-host, Olivia Radcliffe. And we thought today we would bring a conversation that Olivia and I have been having offline into the podcast, which is about all things goal setting, planning, actually accomplishing those goals, and how we tackle the essentially never-ending to-do list that comes with running a business alongside the urgent immediate tasks of raising a family. And I think we've both over the years in business tried a plethora, if not all of the different strategies to plan how we get things done. And I, I think we have some interesting kind of insights on what's worked in different seasons of life, what's worked for us sort of as individuals, and what we're using together as a team as we build our own sort of second business as a international global business running in the corners of our days around little kids. So to kick off, um, why don't we dive into the, the types of planning systems we have tried what we've liked what we've not liked and then I think we can go into goal setting after that because that's kind of to me the next step above yeah no I think like you said we have tried many many strategies if not all of them and uh and lots and lots of the different tools and tracking things and project management systems and I know I myself in a bit of a shiny object chaser when it comes to that kind of tech stuff. I, I absolutely love it and find myself jumping back and forth between a lot of different products because mm-hmm. I haven't quite found one that actually fits exactly how my brain wants to do things. And I know you and I, we've gone back and forth with, you know, how we keep track of things as we're doing this, this whole business thing across world pretty much you're in France (laughs) I'm in Ohio in the U.S. we're at least six hours apart sometimes more depending on daylight savings um and it's yeah so we've had to really overcome some hurdles as far as coordinating who is doing what when Mm -hmm. yeah Um, and I think like you're you're touching on the different tools and I think there's this sort of duality between some really shiny fun tools and then spending your time in the tool instead of working and I think personally I am in a season where I'm not using a project management tool which sounds crazy as like a web designer someone who's in tech all the time I really struggled like you to find the tool that really fits my brain but also that wasn't actually taking up more of my time to use the tool correctly and I think there is a bit like the you know 
question around which website platform do you use, which you know CRM you're going to use. There's this kind of assumption in the online business space that you're using some kind of digital project planner, project manager. And I'm finding myself in this season of like wanting to go back to the old fashioned pen and paper to do list and a calendar because the kinetic act of actually writing the things down and crossing them off is really like scratching a good itch in my brain right now. But I think the, you know, interesting part between you and I of working across time zones across the world is yes, pen and paper works nicely when it's just you, but there is an occasion for having a tool that helps us communicate as a team. So we've been exploring things like Asana, ClickUp, um, we're talking about trying Notion, and all of those different tools have, you know, pros and cons. But I'm curious what you've found has been like the most helpful, the most, you know, easing of your mental energy to have in a to-do list type tool because I think that's where you know personally between you and I like that's the stuff that we need the most actively is you need to know what you're working on today and have a place to dump the things that are for future so we don't forget them so I think the like to-do piece is a really interesting one to dive into first yeah well okay so I have a couple different strategies for this and first off I agree completely with the wanting to write things down and writing those manual to-do lists in a notebook and crossing them off. There is something that I absolutely love about that. So even though I do try to use an actual tech tool, that is my go-to tool that I'm always using nonstop (laughs) is just having that notebook to write things down in for myself. That Mm -hmm. helps me remember things so much better than anything else. Mm -hmm. But I think when it comes to to to-dos, I really, where I see a drawback to a lot of systems is they want you to kind of separate things out into different projects. Mm -hmm. And that's not how my brain works. I, my, my day kind of goes in and out of flow. Like I'm flowing from being mom to entrepreneur, to homeowner, to dog owner, to back to mom. And sometimes myself sneaks in there. And so I can't separate things out so much of, okay, right now I'm going to sit down and do all of my marketing stuff. And Mm -hmm. then I'm going to do, you know, all of my home improvement stuff. It kind of has to flow more of a priority standpoint, what's urgent and important, which kind of goes back and forth between my life as a mom and my life as an entrepreneur. Um, And so that's where the, the to-do list, like just writing it down on a piece of paper, just having a mass to-do list really comes in handy because I can actually prioritize stuff and not have it blocked out by different projects or segments or, you know, different areas in my life. It's my life period. And um, when it comes to writing out those to-dos, that then becomes my big goal is to make sure I get down my absolute priorities first. And that includes my family priorities and my priorities with myself. That includes that, that quality time with my son and things I need to do to make sure that I function really well, like sleep and, you know, a yoga (laughs) practice every now and then and things like that. So those absolutely get marked down on my to-do list as non-negotiable priorities. And then Mm -hmm. I kind of fill in after that with things. And do you kind of assign time? Because I think that's another very common trend is either this time blocking, batching, like putting all the like tasks together. That doesn't work for me. But I'm curious, seeing as you did mention this, like prioritizing, how does that work in terms of time? 
Yeah. I mean, there are some set things that I absolutely have to happen at a certain time. You know, yeah. there's appointments. I, yeah, <laughs> appointments. Exactly. That has to happen then. Um, and then I have kind of rough ideas of time based mm. on how I know my energy flows throughout the day. I oh know God. I am a much more productive person in the morning and early afternoon than I am like around two o'clock PM. I'm pretty much like wanting to curl up and go to sleep at that time. I want a nap, can't take a nap, but I want one. Um, so I know that my rough kind of hour blocks, if you can call them are focused mm-hmm. more on my energy than it is around like from nine to 10, I'm working on sales and 10 to 11, I'm going to do my email writing and things like that. Um, and then that also takes into consideration, obviously my son's schedule and what he does, like his, his nap schedule, you know, obviously that changes as he grows and, you know, we've gone through several different iterations of what our daily routine looks like, but we more or less have a rough idea of what that routine is. Yeah. I actually really like that word routine instead of a schedule. That's something I picked up from having to go through sleep training. I didn't necessarily want to sleep train my little guy but we out of necessity have and I really liked the approach of rather than being dictated by an hour on the clock of having a routine a kind of ritual of things you do every day and I kind of feel like that mentality has seeped into everything else I have an absolute ton of appointments in and outside of my business but the rest of it is more in this kind of flowing of the routine we do this and then we do that and how long those things take will depend on the day my time frame my energy and yeah I think it's a really healthy thing when you do have your attention pulled in multiple directions to be not just like kinder to yourself but be more realistic (laughs) about how things are going to go and making white space making you know wiggle room within your day whatever that looks like so that if you know two o'clock comes along and you're really tired you're not up against you know another task that has to start at two o'clock and has to be finished at three o'clock um I think that's a lot healthier and a lot more realistic um something I found really helpful because I'm again in the season of not really wanting to use an online tool is I still really valuable find valuable a calendar and I I guess it's very visual so I can like see everything laid out and I've got all the appointments you know all my son's appointments all of my business appointments calls and things locked in and then I can see the chunks of time left over and when there's a big chunk of time I try and guard that with my life for deep focus but it might change from one week to another what that looks like um and kind of like you I have the priority list of things I need to do And I, when I've got a new idea, a new project, I've tried to break it down in my, you know, little notebook beside me at all times with the kind of the dominoes that need to fall and then ordering what order those dominoes need to fall to make the final thing happen. So when I do have a chunk of time, whether it's a 20 minute or a three hour chunk, I know what next best step I have to be taking to move forward in that project um sometimes I have multiple projects going at once but I really find this not just brain dumping like okay I need to build a course like that is a huge project but really breaking it down into okay what are all the individual elements I need for that and then in those like you know write the content 
you know, build slides or whatever, there is granularly a lot more in there too. And really breaking it down into the full to-do list and then ranking those tasks in terms of, okay, if I want to be recording something on Friday, I need to have written the content and have the slides before that. So I know writing the content comes first, then creating the slides, then recording so that I can kind of gauge throughout my week as those pockets of time come up between appointments in my calendar. Okay, this is a good chunk of time to try and set aside for this kind of work. Um, I, I found that really helpful because we all have absolutely ridiculous to-do lists that are probably so long that we can never get them done. But I think it's very common in the online business space, particularly to get you know, shiny object syndrome, get brilliant ideas, and they just sort of sit there because they're the full formed end product in our minds and not the actual day-to-day -day tasks broken down into actionable steps in the order you need to take them in. So I really try and kind of dump it out, organize that in some sort of logical order before then trying to think about how it fits vaguely in my calendar. And it's maybe like time blocking, but it's it's like themes of okay, this week, these are the things I need to get done-ish and in this order so I can kind of map out over a couple of weeks, over a couple of days, hours, whatever it is, the order in which things need to do. So the mental bandwidth that I'm using in those times that I have what I call desk time, like I'm ready, I'm able to work. I know exactly what I have to do that day so I don't have to think about it. Um, so that's kind of yeah my little analog process. But I think it sounds pretty similar to yours and together as we've worked I think we've found that running to-do list and that act of prioritizing the to-dos every time really really helpful um yeah I don't know if there's been anything you've seen shift in your personal practice after working together so closely with me and with other people <laughs> well no, I mean yes our it sounds like our processes are very very similar and I've seen mm -hmm. I've seen similar things in a lot of you know very busy moms who are juggling a whole bunch of other things now that being said I have worked with people who absolutely work the best when they do block out their time specifically mm -hmm. and they say all right Mondays are for marketing Tuesdays are for sales and, and or you know block it out in within the day itself, break yeah. it up into different hours. And if that's how you function, then great. Keep doing that. <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah. I it's all about what works best for you. And mm -hmm. what works for me doesn't always work for everybody else. Or and I know Michelle, you and I have come up with things that like just challenges overcoming how we're tracking things and time and things like yeah, that. And definitely. And even things like, you know, one-off projects versus recurring yeah, things. Yeah. Doing things repeatedly in a different way is, is a very interesting kind of experience to see together how we deal with that kind of. Yeah, thing. no, exactly. One-off is really different. Yeah. And um, I'm I'm like you. I do love a calendar. I need to see some idea of the future. I need to <laughs> map it out and have some little container for my brain to to work within, and mm -hmm. so I can get down all of the really big like these have to happen things and see it, visualize it, and yeah. um, and then kind of fill in the gaps from there so that I can see that like oh my gosh, Wednesday this week I have five different calls and two podcast recordings. And I'm supposed to go to this doctor's appointment too. And 
that's all in the middle of nap time. And, you know, you can plan better <laughs> when you know what's coming, what, what to expect you do not blindsided. Um, and so I do make it a point that every, it's like every Sunday I sit down and I look at my calendar for the upcoming week. And this is where it probably gets a little weird, but I do actually rewrite that stuff in my, I have a remarkable tablet that mm. I have like a weekly calendar in it and a daily calendar. So I use Google calendar for everything. And so every Sunday I sit down, I look at my Google calendar and then I will write in my weekly calendar and my remarkable, the big mm. things so that I can, you know, visualize. connect it, visualize it. It's in my brain. I see it. I write it. Like I remember it more that way. Um, and then every night I sit down and I look at the next day and I write out my to-do list based on those big things I have coming up. Mm. And that's like you said, and I think that goes into the kind of goal setting, goal planning thing yeah. of finding that big goal that you want to have happen. Like you want to write a course. That's a really, really big thing. Um, and then breaking that down just kind of working backwards from there and breaking that into those tasks that you can do so that when time does come up, you know, my son goes down for a nap and I have an hour, I can sit down and write, you know, work on exactly what I need to work on at that time and not have to sit there and think, okay, what's next? I have all these 5 million things to do. What do I focus on? And before you yeah, know it, overwhelmed. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's interesting and something we've kind of touched on, I think, in the podcast previously, but definitely between you and I is this idea of goals and deadlines. And I'm like allergic to deadlines. I can't put a line in the calendar because it just stresses me out. But not in a I'll leave it till the last minute kind of way in a I need to get it done yesterday so that I don't forget that it's going to happen by the deadline. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do think goals in the sense of, you know, this is a project I'm working on. I really do think that is valuable because it can be really overwhelming and you can tread water just keeping up with the day-to-day -day busyness of life, of clients, of, you know, whatever the being in your business looks like for you. And I do think having those bigger, broader, overarching projects and the goal behind the project Make sure you are keeping an eye on, you know, the direction of your business and actually trying to be more of that CEO and pushing things forward in a larger scope rather than just drowning under the to-dos that everybody else has put on you. You do have a little bit more space to create your own priorities in that. Um, yeah, I, I think we touched a little bit on goal setting in terms of projects. Do you have any other kind of insights on goal setting and creating you know, achievable, realistic goals? Because <laughs> that is something I think a lot of mums particularly struggle with. What What is realistic? What is possible when we aren't the masters of our own calendars? Yes, yes. Now, I, I do have a, a couple of tricks I use for that because as I mentioned, I'm a shiny object chaser and I'm very multi-passionate and I make very big aspirational goals and um, sometimes they're not necessarily realistic and realistic in the sense of, yes, I know I can achieve it, but maybe not in the time frame I want to achieve it in. Mm -hmm. And that can then in turn make me feel really bad about myself. Like I'm not failing. I can feel, or I'm failing. I'm feeling frustrated. I'm, you know, cause I'm not able to achieve that goal. Mm -hmm. So, um, I have two tricks I do. I have one, I have an everything list where I write down 
all of my random shiny ideas that I get <laughs> that I want to work on someday. Like all these really amazing, oh my gosh, I saw someone has a course on this and I really want to do that. That sounds awesome. It goes on my everything list so that it kind of gets out of my brain. I can kind of semi-close that tab, so to speak, in my brain. It's I know it's somewhere else. And um, and then I can focus on the stuff that I really need to focus on to actually finish and get done. Uh, the other trick I use is if I'm writing a to-do list and I notice that there is a certain task or something that keeps bumping over to the next day and the next day and the next day, mm-hmm. I never get it done. I sit down and I really evaluate, okay, why am I not getting that done? Is it because it's something that I really need to dig into and prioritize and I'm pulling myself back because I'm scared or it's uncomfortable or, you know, is there some sort of block there or is it something that I don't necessarily need to focus on right now? Is it something that I don't really want anymore? And I just have it on there because it's always been on there and I can take it off. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think that's a really good point because uh, to-do lists can become, you know, heavy with a lot of those things that we feel we should do or we set ourselves previously. And I think it is key to have that moment of evaluation Yeah, maybe every couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, depending on your list sort of growing speed. Um, But I do think it's really important. And when you brought up the taking notice of the things you're resisting, I think that's really important. And particularly for people who are short on time and energy, we need to be like ruthless with what we let into our space, what we let into our to-do list, what we put our attention on, because it is the most finite asset we have. And I think when you are pushing against something you feel like you quote unquote have to do yes sometimes we have to do it like taxes this is my like bane of my existence I hate doing taxes (laughs) I know I have to do them (laughs) so I set up all sorts of bribes for myself to make sure I get them done but if it's something else like Pinterest I really felt intellectually I should be really focusing on Pinterest and I tried for two years and I kept putting it off and I wasn't getting great results probably because I put it off and at one point I realized it was just this weight I was carrying with me that I never got done and I felt bad and ultimately it's a lot less painful to just let it go it can come back again another time or I can hire someone to do it for me at one point but I think there is this sort of obligation we feel to the goals we previously set that don't necessarily make sense in our current today reality of business of life and I do think that kind of, I don't know, ruthless compassion for the reality of your life is a key part of goal setting in the type of world, the type of businesses that you and I and I think most of our listeners have is, you know, really creating a space to check in with yourself as the person executing the list of like, do I need this? Why do I need this? How can I make myself feel more okay doing this? Because the time and energy is so precious. So I completely derailed you because I think that was such a good point. No, I well, first off, I love that phrase, ruthless compassion. And <laughs> like <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's a gem right there. <laughs> but very, very true. You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we hold ourselves to these really high standards of what's working for other people or what we should be doing. Yeah. Um, and it really comes down to, I think there's 
two kind of word distinctions there, what we should be doing versus what we must be doing. Yeah. And your musts are those absolutely, absolutely need to do, can't compromise on things. And sometimes we need to sit down with ourselves and get really good on like, maybe some of the shoulds need to become musts. Like, I don't know, working out, being active, uh, Mm -hmm. being healthy, spending quality time with your family on yourself, (laughs) sleep. Yeah. Like self-care, all those things that are things that we know we should do, uh, but maybe don't seem as urgent or as important as some Mm -hmm. of the other things. Um, And then the other distinction I think is can't versus won't. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times we say we can't do something when really it's, we won't do it. Or we don't want to. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's getting, and I think it's getting into that distinction of like, if you like, like the example with something on your to-do list that keeps bouncing from one to the other, to the other, if it's not getting done, is it because you can't do it? Like, is there really, what is that block there? And can you fix the block? Or is it because you won't do it? You don't want to do it. It doesn't align anymore. And is that something that, um, that you really need to be focusing on anyways in the first place and getting clear on those things and being, as you said, ruthlessly compassionate with yourself (laughs) about your, your reality in your life and where you are and how you want to do things and your goals is, is absolutely crucial to making your schedule work for you. Yeah. And I think particularly with little people that we're raising alongside our businesses, we have this insight into helping resistant people work through things that they have to do. You know, I have a huge battle getting teeth brushed or you know, getting into bed at night. That's just not something my little guy likes doing. But we find ways to, you know, negotiate that to make it happen because we know it has to happen. And I think something I'm learning as a mom of a neurospicy child is the the way in which we package up the like, I don't know, the broccoli, the spinach, the thing we don't want can really dramatically change how we feel about doing it. So I'll give an example. My my little guy is really musical and he responds really well when we sing. So we've created the brushing your teeth song and the getting dressed song and the getting into bed song. And we do it every day. And he actually is starting to look forward to it because he likes those songs. And, you know, it's, it's a cute anecdote in life, but I think there's many places in our work, in our business that we can do similar things like, you know, the internal rewards that he gets from singing or that, you know, I get from getting something done and checking it off my to-do list. There's lots of ways you can kind of play with your brain in the sort of atomic habits sort of style of teaching yourself a new habit, but also in the literal training, like reward-based training where you can incentivize yourself to do things you know you have to do by giving yourself a reward. Um, So I've actually started with the stuff like taxes and accounting can you tell where my area of expertise does not lie um to (laughs) save that piece till you know a place when I have my brain awake and I'm able to do things but I always do something really fun afterwards so my favorite thing to do in my business no surprise is muck around on um muck around on the design softwares, you know, have a play in website builders or Canva. And so I always make sure that I've given myself like 20 minutes 
after doing accounting stuff to then muck around in design software and those tasks go together like always for me and it's kind of working like I don't hate my you know finance time I have to do every week to plot in whatever I've earned or what I owe or whatever because I know afterwards I get to have that fun time so I think we can kind of play with our own brains and our own mentality and teach ourselves new tricks by like we do with our kids teaching the you know spoonful of sugar as the medicine goes down kind of approach um but yeah I don't know if you've found any ways to like gamify or trick your brain into doing the things you don't want to do <laughs> well yeah I mean I think kind of along the lines of of what you were saying if there's something new that I want to add to my day something that I want to start doing that I'm having trouble kind of remembering to do or getting myself to do um I tend to piggyback it off of the back of something else I'm already doing in a routine something that's already a habit so um usually I mean I have pretty solid morning and evening routines that I actually look forward to it either amps me up for the day or helps me wind down and so I will kind of tag something off uh off either one of those if Mm. it's something new I want to add in um until that then becomes a habit in itself and that it just becomes part of that routine, you know? Um, but yeah, I think there's absolutely merit to giving yourself a little reward. If there's something you're having trouble doing, make sure you piggyback it off the, the back of something that you do love doing, you know, um, or vice versa, maybe do the thing you don't like doing first and then go do the really fun, amazing thing that you can let yourself enjoy. Yeah. I think that's, that's really fair. It's, it's a lot easier to work with what you already have. And I like that idea of building on the routines you already have in place. I think in the same breath, one of the things I'm currently working on is staying out of my inbox a bit more. I accidentally built a routine of kind of always coming after I finished a task, coming back to my inbox. And I think it's been really derailing. So one of the things I'm actively working on is having like just at the beginning and just at the end of whatever work sort of chunk I have that's the only time I'm allowed to touch the inbox and I'm really trying to stick with it but I haven't found a way to reward myself yet for that you know behavior so I think I like that keeping it as the routine of okay you open up the computer and you check your inbox and then you close it and I think I might try and integrate that so see we learn things even (laughs) on the podcast where we're trying to teach stuff too (laughs) I love it I love it oh Well, I know in our very exciting, um, soon-to-be-announced bundle that Olivia and I are putting together, you have an offer that I think touches on a lot of what we've been covering in this podcast. So I don't know if you want to tease a little bit, share a little bit about this new offer. It's like I've been so much fun sneaking behind the scenes and seeing what she's building. So I'm really excited for everyone to see it in real life, too. I mean, I am all about the tease. So of course I will tease it. But yeah, no, I'm actually super excited for this. I am um, releasing a brand new program. It is called Everyday Magic. And it is all about how to reduce your stress and your overwhelm in all the areas that we've been talking about and actually get time back in your day. So in the program, I, I really walk through all the different processes, walk you through how to do it step-by-step, Um, how to kind of 
find space for yourself within that framework. And then I give some very handy checklists so you can like watch the program once and then just follow the checklist after that to keep up with things. So, uh, but yeah, going to believe that are going to release that in our ready, set, grow bundle. Um, that's going to be available starting February 2nd. Mm-hmm. I know she's, she's a good tease, but I will say I've had like glimpses behind and she's not even doing it justice. There's so much good stuff in there about, you know, really helping you come to terms with your own brain, get it working. And I think, Olivia is very practical, even though she also is very good at, you know, expanding the way you're thinking. So I think if you're struggling with any of the stuff we've been covering, any of this, like managing your own time, your own space and your energy, I think it's a really helpful framework she's put together and something I'm testing out myself so I can report back on how I'm doing with it. But um, yeah, we've got that beautiful new training plus an absolute ton of other amazing resources inside the bundle. I can't honestly believe how many wonderful people we've been able to collaborate with. No, right? Like it's been amazing. It's it's been overwhelmingly beautiful. Yeah, it's it's been such a fun experience. You can definitely bet we're doing more collaborative events because we've loved this so much, but we're really excited for everyone to see all the hard work, all of the amazing offers that we've been putting together. And as Livy said, it's going to be open and available for everyone to check out properly on February 2nd. We're only keeping it open for a couple days. So do make sure you jump in and take a look. And if it is going to help, if there's even one or two offers in there that are a, a good fit for you, I definitely encourage you to get it because the value is ridiculous. <laughs> Um, so we will share more about that as we get closer to the time. But until then, thank you so much for listening in. We really hope you enjoyed this look back series. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. So make sure to download our free shiny scroll tracker to help you capture all of your shiny ideas in one place and figure out what to work on next. More than a thousand people have already grabbed this free Notion dashboard and we get messages all the time about just how much they absolutely love it. So go ahead and grab it at likeamothermovement.com slash tracker. And if you found value in the show today and want to support some fellow mompreneurs, we'd really appreciate a rating or even just telling a friend about the show. We'll be back next week with more marketing tips for busy moms with businesses. Until then, take care.